This is Justin Robert Young from Politics, 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 and you are listening to the Polyhedron Podcast, baby. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. I saw you try to check your watch that you're not wearing. And Scott. Your cat's gone and I'm sad. Well, just deal with it. And how do you know I'm not wearing a watch? I'm looking right at you, dude. Are you? Do you actually see what you think you see? Are you trying to incept me right now, Matthew? No, he's, he's Are just you thinking saying, about elephants? He's just saying he's got a dick watch. <laughs> oh, that's a really weird. So thing. that's what's in the box. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a Fitbit on your dick. It's yeah. a dick bit. Dick bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back, everyone. To all of our lady listeners, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that little bit of penis. <laughs> Why don't you respond to me? <laughs> but anyways, how's it going, fellas? What's gaming like? Well, um, D and D we just played we some played, of. Boy, did we! Yeah, Ooh, I'm not going to tell you guys how it ended. Yeah, we're not going to spoil too much, but we just went through one hell of a meat grinder with a vicious mockery crew. They that was they were. I really enjoyed playing with those guys. Yeah, that was that was a different different experience, but it was fun. Scott D and D had fun. A cape of fun I don't normally get to get get to have, and I probably will never do again because I realized. Man, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about it in patron content just yep. to, to keep the spoilers contained. Um, but it you actually, pay. well, well I, I will say that it actually has a good deal to do with our topic today. Mm-hmm. So it's a sub, uh, consider the patron content a supplement to the episode. Yeah, one dollar month. It will actually mean something for once yeah. <laughs> instead of us rambling on about pop culture or some <laughs> yeah. shit. Uh, one dollar a month gets you a whole bunch of extra content. You'll enjoy the conversation, I promise. So consider that mm-hmm. but anyways let's go into the news um telltale game studios is no more basically and, and those blood-sucking monster developers are refusing to work for free to finish the projects those monsters monsters see that uh, so it, when i was going back to school for software you know there's three choices right there's computer science software engineering and game design and development one of two of which are the right decision. One of which is the wrong decision. I'll t- I'll let you guess which one is the wrong one because you're as close to an artist as it gets. And you know what artists always are demanded to do: work for fucking free. <laughs> that's bullshit. I mean, that's the one way ticket to burnout. Yep. yep. Call it heavy metal. One way ticket to. Sorry, I went yeah, to a place. It's, like, I, it's in my head. Man, I, I sure want to work seventy hours a week for zero extra appreciation and zero extra money. Their extra money. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. actually not okay. Uh, yeah, that's actually, like, I remember there was a big breakdown. I think it was on one of the YouTube channels I follow. Crap, what was it? Um, extra Credit, I think, that talked about, like, video games should actually be about 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Yeah, a, yeah. A, 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 that's actually how that much we should be charging for them. That's why you have all this extra DLC that actually you're like, shouldn't this just be in the game? Yeah, they edited it out. Day one DLC. That it's like, oh, I see you eviscerated the game. And made mm-hmm. some extra pay for content. You know, we would just pay more for the game outright, probably. Well, that's uh, the problem is that maybe you know, they according don't. to market research, we won't. Yeah, that's uh, the sixty dollar mark is the uh, bridge, just barely, almost a bridge too enough, far. It's always been the price. Sixty bucks has always been the price. It's even been when that the, way for a while. Even when the dollar, even mm-hmm. even when I was a kid, sixty dollars was still the yeah, price. Yeah, well, it's that's that's what people think they should pay for a video game, and it's real hard apparently to get that concept out of people's heads. Yeah, because so, uh, it's been around for so long, it's hard to 
break people of the habit of that idea. Well, I mean, yeah, who knows? It's a, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird, and it's I, I'm thinking it's one of those things that's going to take a black swan to, uh, uh, which, by the way, if your listeners don't know what a black swan is, there's something called a black swan theory that you should look up because it's super depressing because only weird, random, unpredictable events actually pro- create change in our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're once in a million shots. TL- TLDR. One random thing yeah. is the actual thing that changes everything. What is some other good news? L.A. by Night was fantastic, as always. Yeah, it's go- it's going strong. It started out. I'm really keyed into it. Um, I'm It's giving me more and more inspiration for, you know, the, the yep. vampire game that I'm going to be running. Uh, the one that we're hopefully going to be playing in. Yes. Uh, for oh, Polyhedron yeah. Plays. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, I guess that is a, a small announcement that uh, the next, yeah. next on the docket after Aeon... Uh, for Polyhedron Plays, uh, which Aeon will be coming out shortly, yep. uh, is Vampire by Night. Uh, Augusta by Night. It's Augusta by Night. Yeah, um, we chose Augusta, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that because I was like, Atlanta's cool, but you, Scott, too loaded. you were like, you're like yeah, well, okay, I so do my, my vampire game is going to be Atlanta by Night. Yep. Um, so I, I kind of I kind of edged Matthew out on that one. I could, I, I, we could have done Columbus by Night, but yeah, you know, but that's just a hellscape. It is a it is a hellscape. <laughs> it's just a crater. It's just that's all it is in my game. It's a crater. Um, I was thinking about Savannah, but then I was like, well, Savannah's a very old place, and that's really cool. And then I was like, let's do some place that you don't normally think about. And then I suddenly looked up the third largest metropolis in Georgia is Augusta. I thought it was Macon. Yeah, I thought, I thought Macon. I could have read what they, I read was they uh, usually, I guess they guess they've been fighting it out. Yeah, well, I mean, like that the, Macon what, actually may be the second with with the yeah with the with the studios down there. Gotcha. Um, like I'm now, sure it's, it's grown a lot. Now, so the general, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's the idea of let's do something a little off, more off the grid, a little un, less uh, typical. So uh, my players, a.k.a. some of the people you're hearing right now, what will up? have to uh, adjust their expectations on certain things. Trucks are in their future. Lots of trucks. Oh, boy, trucks. <laughs> suburbia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suburbia, weird idea of like you have to go 20 minutes to get anywhere type of situation. You know, I'm kind of used to that. I grew up in East Cobb, and that's a geographical bubble. Yeah, but for vampires, it's much better if you're, like, from New York or that's L.A. True. You can that's just true. kind of go places. But anyway, uh, I don't think we have any other news. I think that's a great segue into our topic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, the topic we are talking about today is playing to, jo- to genre. Um, basically making choices about playing or running the game that maintain the tone and the tropes of the genre that you're playing in. Yes, and I actually thought of this topic because a couple of weeks ago I was running Amber uh, for uh, Matthew and a couple other people. And one of the players uh, just did something that was so on genre. Uh, he just like, he took like a minute out of the game to just sort of philosophize and, and wonder about the metaphysical meaning behind a series of events. And if anyone has ever read the Chronicles of Amber, that is 100% on point. Um, and it just it struck me, and it's like, you know, that's something can be expanded to. And actually, I told the rest of the player base that I want more of that because that reinforces the genre and the tone and the tropes of the game that we're playing. Yeah, especially since the game you're talking about is based off a series of novels, exactly, which have yeah. a very specific, um, almost a subgenre of themselves mm-hmm. of the genre of this book. Yeah, f- philosophical fantasy. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, no, it was really good, and I thought that you know we could maybe have ourselves a chit chat about that. What does the smell of the orc mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Well, I mean that's the thing is like you know a, a, bu- a bunch of you know faffery in a D and D game probably is not going to be playing to genre. Nope. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be against genre. So you know playing in D and D, you're gonna be more you know swashbuckling sword sorcery your heroes your your larger hero, heroes or adventurers at the very uh, least well let's let then let's break it down let's start sure. with the first genre the first one we just talked about fantasy mm-hmm. we're talking about heroic more specifically yeah. heroic fantasy what are the things that reinforce because really when you talk about genre you're talking about attributes that say this thing is like these other things. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make it similar to other the things you are expecting. So what are the uh, tropes, what are the themes in heroic fantasy that would be typical? Well, I mean, you're generally supposed to be a, try and be a good person. Yep. Don't uh, be a murder hobo. Don't be a murder hobo. Uh, although there is a style of D&D that goes against that, in which case that's its own genre. Um, you know, uh, you know, be motivated by things like treasure and adventure, helping, helping people, adventure, um, adventure, honor, and honor, duty, duty, um, saving the motherfucking world, mm-hmm. being the type of person who will go down into a dungeon, uh, <laughs> even yeah. though you know that who the f- would do that. Yeah, it's like what. I no, I just won't. I have my farm. I'm just going to go farming. It doesn't now. cost that much to live a really luxurious life. Why don't you do one big one and get out? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah exactly. Put up some investment plans. Yeah, it's you like, know. oh, yeah, I, I hit pay dirt when I was level two. So now I'm just an investment banker. Uh, Matt Koval just talked about like the idea because he was talking about evil characters. And I won't go into too much detail, but it relates to this and that he's like, you have some people who play characters in, in the tables like, Oh, we're off adventuring. We're going to do adventuring. And the gun says, no, I'm just going to go be a farmer now. And it's like, well, what do you do with the game when one of the PCs is like, I'm just going to be a farmer now? Roll a new character, bro. Well, Sorry. yeah. And like, there's a lot of that explanation, Roll but that's a new the idea. Ca- Roll of... a new character or, you know, spend a session, like half a session where he's a farmer and then he gets overrun by goblins. That's kind of what Matt was suggesting. He's like, oh, be a farmer for about the rest of the session and then make a new character next session because this is not the game. However, if all your PCs are like, let's jump ship. We all want to be farmers. Well, that's the game then. We're now, all going to talk about farmer, farmer. Now the... it's harvest moon, but shit got serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But so in that case, the farmer is, you notice how I said heroic fantasy. Yeah. Not being, no, her- not, not being, being her- heroic. He is being just part of the fantasy world. He's more of the Matthew, backdrop. Matthew, how dare you? Our farmers are heroes. They raise families. They provide agriculture. Uh, I too bad they're owned you. by big corporations now. And no, no, no. That's that goes <laughs> all, against my fantasy. They're all people with tills. All people with tills. Every last one of those salt of the earth. Salt of good the earth. People. They own they their it. land. They, they own it. their land for generations. Uh, all by themselves. Yes. All by themselves. Their land is not leased they, from the local nobility. They grow, they grow bootstraps no there. Bootstraps. <laughs> they have bootstrap farms. <laughs> bootstrap farms. <laughs> oh god damn now I'm, now my mind is, is cobbling together the horrible Ayn Rand RPG where you have to play to that genre uh, uh, you mean D&D yeah you, mean, <laughs> oh, no, you no, are no. the exceptional individuals that, that that make change in the world yeah but that's the, almost the every peasants RPG are, the peasants are peasants aren't generally okay. uh, cast as moochers <laughs> <laughs> it's true so we've talked about okay well medieval okay so that's medieval, high, that's, sort of medieval fantasy. High, that's a softball 
Yeah. What's medieval dark fantasy look like? Oh. What's the evil campaign? Because it's the evil campaign well, if you want to do that. Evil or, or, or the campaign where the morality isn't isn't necessarily a key factor. Uh, because look, it, it's it's the question of you know if you live in a world where in order to survive, survive or even hope to make things better. You have to do dark things. You have to set aside your personal ideals yeah. in order to do the, the pragmatic, survival-oriented thing. Um, are you less of a hero for that? Or are you also the idea of, I have to do a dark thing to save a lot more people mm -hmm. if I don't do the dark thing. Therefore, am I actually being more heroic? Because the people, well, it's along the lines of the, of the people who don't, the people who don't do that, who don't do the pragmatic things, they just get chewed up. Yep. Like they they get the, the 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 bad guys find their weakness, exploit it, and they get chewed up. And people who don't play the game in quotation marks don't progress, don't get to get anything done. And and so also a lot of people because this relates to 40k is they call it grim or grim dark. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of Game of Thrones can be considered grim or oh, grim yeah. dark fantasy because it is fantastical. You have dragons, there are this is a medieval sort Whoa, of world. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. Um but it's grim because it tries to be realistic in that there are real life politics. People die very easily. And the politics of the the world is life is cheap here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even for the even for the super wealthy, like the the heads of state, people die. Like, and if you try to be too much of an idealist, the world will just crush you for that. Mm -hmm. and so it, it it begs the question of you know what's what's heroic in that context? Is it you know the person who dies for their ideals, or is it the person who gets his hands a little bloody? And get some shit done. But he ultimately saves the day. And that's ultimately, think, from, if you want to use Game of Thrones as an mm -hmm. example, part of the story that... Um, uh, Jon Snow. No, no, not the character, the author. George R. R. Martin. Sorry. That Martin is trying to uh, tell in his stories. Mm -hmm. He's trying to show you, look at all the idealism. That's great. It's a noble. It's great. It doesn't get things I, I done. Mean, when th when th winter comes, it well, means less. I think the really the exemplar of this story, uh, that thing, and if you want to talk about just Game of Thrones, is Braun, the mercenary yeah. Braun. Oh yeah, because he's one of the most interesting characters in the whole thing. Because mm -hmm. he comes at it from like, nah, I want money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he, he, oh, but he still does good things. Like he yeah. still he still saves people when he super doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. And he still does good things here and there. Well, but he has like, bonds of loyalty to a very select uh, and group also of the story of the Hound. He is yeah. his is a hard hard knock redemption story that just because and here's another kicker bad guys can become quote unquote good guys well, like guy, yeah. they become better either better people or they start realizing I need to do uh the thing for the greater good because it's going to affect me and what I want Even later if, down yeah that's a that's a good trope of that particular thing it's like well. The world's a place I live, and my stuff's here, mm -hmm. so I better do what I can to make it a less shitty or, I mean, place. Or, or it could be as simple of like, like I can't sleep at night because of the things that I've done. Yeah, uh, that's a like, that's a good your one. Your conscience just gets to you, uh, and and you have to make a change oh. just so that you don't you don't fall into a black uh, trauma is and a kill thing. yourself. In a world like that, in this dark fantasy setting, we're talking about trauma is a real thing. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, and dark fantasy, insanity. Yeah, dark fantasy, insanity, that you know, things weigh on your mind, and there's usually mechanics to to reinforce this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think sort of we're we're getting lost in the weeds a little yeah. bit here. That um, bleeds into the horror genre. Yeah, it does. So I mean, well, the the point that I want to make is that um, when you're playing a game that has a specific genre, that has you know notes about 
what the world is like and how it is diff how it is decidedly different from you know say average everyday reality where you know we concern ourselves with things like narrative tropes and mostly an ironic way, yeah. ironic way. Um, but when you're living in a story essentially um, you have to sort of make the choice to live in that story world right to not to not try, to try and leave your realism and the way you live your life as a real person kind of at the door uh not entirely but realize the rules are different not just you know the rules that hey magic works or hey technology is this super fancy thing but the narrative rules the story rules of the way the world you are playing in works and it, it takes a degree of buy-in and it takes a degree of awareness that if you don't have and if you don't buy into it, you're going to do you're going to do yourself and the game and the table a disservice. Yeah, and that's ultimately what I think we're talking about is we by playing into the genre, we're trying to reinforce the game you're trying to play and run and tell and the story you're trying to tell, but also keep things from breaking down and that um, that suspension of disbelief starts breaking down if you start putting throwing tropes around. So there's an interesting one. There's an interesting like thing a PCs will sometimes do and it very works very differently across genre. The denial of the call uh, as yeah. you put it, mm-hmm. saying fuck this shit I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh it really really fucks up fantasy settings. It like does, yeah. there's certain genres where it fucks things up so badly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, say you're playing, like, a gritty noir setting or something like that, yeah. where the trouble's going to follow you no matter what. You, you mm-hmm. can... There are ways to handle that, I guess, but... Yeah, I mean... It, it, there are some genres that get fucked up more when the PCs are resistant mm-hmm. than others, because it's just... I don't know. I guess you're God and you can do whatever the hell you want, <laughs> but there's... But it, it makes it look easier. And yeah, it, it, it does kind of... Yeah, like you said, fantasy, you know... I mean, when you're in the fantasy world, the, the, the Jungian archetypes are, are pretty strong. Um, um, it reminds me actually of a story many, many moons ago when um, uh, Michael, uh, our good friend Michael, friend of the show, ran a Mutants and Mastermind game many, many moons ago, and I was playing in it, and I was playing sort of a, a Superman-type character, but he he this, he was playing the idea of, oh, you just have learned that you have superpowers. You did not, we weren't born with them, you've developed them. But I played the character like, freaking out and being like, what am I supposed to do and all that? And I was resisting the call. And that's ended up eventually having a conversation with me and Michael going, you kind of have to go with it because if you keep running away, it's not fun and it's not interesting. Also, it becomes very hard for me to manage you running away every time. Like in a Uh, heroic setting, you can't deny it for too long. Yeah. You got to, you gotta make that that shit happen. You get it. You can have that grim of no. I have. I, I I swore off that life. So I guess it's the. I guess what I what I was trying to more get at is it's how how denial denial of the call is handled depending on your genre. How because get guess what? If you didn't want to engage with the game, why'd you come to the table? Yeah. But the GM's gonna figure out a way to pull you in. Mm-hmm. So and that's and that's the responsibility of the storyteller is. He needs to give you, the character, a compelling so, enough reason that you should well, not deny it. I, th- I think the, the 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 key there is that it, if you're gonna do the if you're gonna play the the denying the call card, you have to be able and willing to work with your your story teller. How to, to get you? How in to here. not 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 even how to get it in? How to make that element of the story interesting and fun? Right. How to make the push and the pull the 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 event the eventual buy-in of your character to where things are going how to make that 
in and of itself, a small but interesting and fun story. And the challenge is making it a setting appropriate, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, in a Call of Cthulhu game, yeah, run away mm-hmm. all you like. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. It's, it's going to ador- catch up with you. Adorable. Um, once, or, once you've caught that one glimpse of the Eldritch, yeah, it's done. going to haunt you for the rest Guess of your what? life. Guess what? Now people around you are going to start dying. Um, or, no, you can run away all you want, but the end of the world is still coming. Like, you're not... S- the end of the world is coming, folks, and if you'd like to be prepared, I guarantee you that when the world ends, if you send me $10, <laughs> I can tell you in a, in a letter exactly how to survive the end of all things, and if you're wrong, find me in heaven, I'll give your 10 back. That's going in at the end of the episode. That's really funny. I kind of stole that a little bit from Billy Wayne Davis. Yeah, it's fine. Because his was, if you, I promise you, if you come to one of my shows... You'll go directly to heaven when you die. Oh no! <laughs> um, and if you and if I if I'm wrong, come find me and I'll I'll refund you your money. <laughs> Anyways, you're gonna have certain issues with certain genres like the denying the call and how you handle that, like we like we mentioned. But let's move on to another genre. Let's talk about science fiction. Yeah, science and fiction many is subsets. another thing. Like that's that's one of those ones where. Uh, it depending on the game, you know, the, the the narrative rules can be very similar to to real life. Yeah. Uh, because you know it could be incredibly materialist. It can be can be, but you know you, you have to you have to take into account this you know society changing technology, whatever right. it might be. And uh, and it's you you are when you're running a game and you're playing a game, you're you're doing literary things, just mm-hmm. like Scott said. Absolutely. So think about what the rules are for that liter uh, for that literature, like science fiction. What questions are you trying to ask of the audience and participate in? Are you are you are you, are you doing the old standby of what does it mean to be human? Because you what know. does it mean to be human? Yeah, there's lots of that. If there's you need, lots of that. That, that is some well-treaded ground if you're looking for that. Um, well, I mean, tra- but it, transhumanism in general is like yeah. a, a massive part of science fiction. It's mm-hmm. just the transhumanist, like what happens yeah, when we start I, melting. I, ooh, that's, sorry, just had a my brain sparked. Oh, shit. Um, think so in fantasy, you have a lot of different races, which typically sometimes replace certain cultures, like the idea of cultures in the real world. Science fiction... Typically, you don't have other races. May occasionally you do have alien races, but if you do a or, lot of like, well, you can well, you can, but things get really, really dicey really quickly if they're all humans. Yeah, like, think, <laughs> you start think, giving them different. Yeah, stats. Think, think, <laughs> things that are uh, you know modified to such an extent that you know it might it might as well be or, different or computers or robots. And, or, and with the reason that my brain sparked is because transhumanism can be explored in fantasy, but it's typically not because you have so many things that aren't human. Acting like people, it's sort of assumed that mm-hmm. they are persons. Well, Whereas science fiction, you're typically growing into that concept. You're challenging that concept. Well, I mean, I think you know, pro- probably one of the big ones in science fiction is you know, rationalizing a degree of of uh, future racism. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're if you're if you're in a society where you know there's a lot of prejudice towards you know augmented people or unaugmented people or you know people who uh who have you know psychic powers or whatnot uh then they are different than the baseline in order to play true to that genre you might have to be a little bit more racist than you're used to be well i'm i'm used to being really racist (laughs) we know that ryan you can just you can just as you all well know about me (laughs) Horrible race. Yeah, you just take all your feelings about Armenians and turn it into robot people. 
I'm just saying that Armenians are lovely people with a great culture. I don't know what Ryan has. Never burned a system of the down (laughs) tour poster. No, I love them. I love them. Please don't. Please don't take me seriously. But anyways, that idea of the the what you're dealing with in the drama. What question are you asking? And what complications are you going to have? Science fiction typically says, "Hey." Uh, especially dystopian. If you want to, grim, mm-hmm. grim is to fantasy what uh, dystopian, dystopian is, is to science fiction. Because mm-hmm. dystopian, very much in the news nowadays, the idea of the world. Oh, another thing about genre. What is your future like? Is it a well, positive future well, or is it a negative well, you future? Get, you have you have two choice. Mm-hmm. You have post scarcity and much scarcity. Much, <laughs> much scarcity. You have no in between. <laughs> yeah. Not everything. Not, not sort of scarcity. Not there, but there is no. Yeah, basically the same. It's never that. No one. No one's interested in that unless you're really looking to like. Cowboy Bebop did that actually. Yeah, I guess. Cowboy so. Bebop was pretty much the same, but in space. It's true. I guess if you're looking to explore, like that was a role playing game. Like, like hyper focus onto like specific topics, you can hold everything else constant, right? Just to give the mm-hmm. just to give the story a sense of like, well, I I know everything that there is to know. Like, I am a person in this world, but this one big thing's different, and that's you know, yeah, it, uh, that's that's where you can get on board with science fiction more so in fantasy is go okay, everything is the same except for one thing. Black How mirror. does the world change? Black Mirror episode, man. Yeah, yeah Black Mirror. Got that is that can that can lead to very positive things or it can lead to horror, which we can talk about horror if you want to slip over that yeah. in a minute. I mean, well, I mean that that's the thing is like there's a big difference between technological horror and a supernatural horror. Mm-hmm. Uh because, you know, technological horror is this shit could happen. Yep. It's very scary it has the potential. and it could totally happen. And that's the source of the horror actually. Yeah, that the, the it's close enough to now right mm-hmm. it's close enough to now it's close enough to possible that it could actually happen and so that's if where we a lot of the fear comes from if we want to talk about horror for a second in the genre of horror and sort of the subgenres of in horror science fiction is the horror of the known you know about it it, it has the potential of being real supernatural horror is it's the horror of the unknown like it's the it's the horror of not being able to before rationalize. we leave science fiction behind we've yeah. only talked a little bit about cyberpunk what are okay? So we've talked about trans, kind of transhumanism being a theme of cyberpunk, dealing with racism in an interesting way as a theme <laughs> of cyberpunk. But let's talk about uh, there's like basically two other types of science fiction. If you want to get down to like brass tacks, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. hard sci-fi and sci-fantasy. Yeah, yep. Which is your you can either have kind of expanse for hard mm-hmm. sci-fi, but now since they've completely just chucked that shit out the window. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, of, it's hard sci-fi with the conceit of aliens. But also, so Stargate kind of also. Stargate mm-hmm. a little, a little bit, yeah. bit, And then your sci-fantasy, Star Wars. Yeah, them Star yep. Wars with that magical force. With your magic force. Yep. And, um, yeah, and, and it's take the concepts and idea of uh, in sci-fantasy, take the, all of your thing we said about fantasy, and just put a veneer of science fiction and technology around it. But but basically, like I think the hard sci-fi is the idea, of the, one of the genre and things that you kind of got to play to is, uh, um, first of all, these are real; these are just human beings in a in a in a big tin can in space, yep. so they're going to act like people. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, culture exists if you're humans from Earth. So you should probably think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. how has how it changed? How has it mutated? And what do people know about the culture that, like, mm-hmm. of, of days of yore? Because mm-hmm. God, God knows the Orville. Uh, <laughs> why, why did all their references stop at 1997? <laughs> That's not true. It was literally, it was 2007. Yeah, it was 2007. All the references, there has been no culture whatsoever <laughs> in 300 years. No bands. Nothing. nothing. Well, it's because Seth MacFarlane wrote it. Um, 
but anyway, yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, you're right, you're right, and you really have to dial into those those differences and make them a part of your character, um, or make it a part of your play. Well, all, I think one of the hard sci-fi staples is scarce is, is the yeah. scarcity. Oh thing. yeah, absolutely. Like the fact that it's like we have to consider resource management because we are literally inches away from hard vacuum also it's the grittiness it's the it's the realism that you're trying in hard fantasy and sorry correction in hard science fiction you have to get the idea of things are real there are consequences for your actions and you are the only one who can save yourself best moment best hard sci-fi moment in the expanse if you really want to ask me which you better because you're listening <laughs> uh is it's assume one, we have it's one you actually you pointed out yeah it's like no they're already dead like this, like the greenery here, the the, the yeah. rebreather plant plants. Yeah, they're already fucked. They've been fucked. They're all dead. They just don't know that they're dead yet. They they won't know they're dead for a couple for a month, but they're dead. Yeah, and they're all going to suffocate to death. And we have to go. Yeah. So it, damn. it's 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 the horror of reality. It's the idea of you know it. It's it's inevitable. You can't change it except for extreme uses of. Resources that you probably don't have access to, and then and then there's the human cruelty aspect of resource management. Yeah, like yeah, no, you live in a world of bounty, but all of it's being shipped to the inner planets. Yep, and 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 that's where the dystopian aspect comes mm -hmm. in because the idea of exploitation and the and you can actually, in some respects, you can take all of some of the troubles and questions you have in in everyday life, mm -hmm. write write them large, and you have science fiction. Yeah, um, that's kind of one of the tropes you can do. And it. you have to basically, when you're making a character that lives in this world, take all that into account so that you can make someone who realistically fits in the world. If you're, As if opposed you're, to someone who has a, you know, 2018 modern perspective uh, that transported into 100 years in the future. If you're, if you're playing a belter in the new Expanse RPG, perhaps filk a couple songs for the belt in the belter style yeah. that, they, they, that they showed us in Season 3, that there are, in fact, cover bands. That that do old hits, the classics from the eighties and nineties of, of today, mm -hmm. but in a weird in the weird Belter yeah. accent. Now, yep. now using I'm, Belter you know words. What, no, you know what I'm seeing in my head now? What? I'm seeing like a, a expanse Belter Nordic LARP. Oh yeah. We're, well, like, you, we're, yeah, we're on just... we're on a space station and like they're they're you know, you you, you emulate that life. Totally. Totally. Like the GMs come around, they have like like timers of like how much oxygen. So if if they pay attention to how many people are in a certain room and the, that that ticks down more and they're like, Oh yeah, you've run out of like an hour worth of oxygen because there's too many people in this room, you need to figure out something else to do because you're gonna run out of air. Yeah, some well, it's like it's like model UN. Someone yeah. hits the buzzer, looks at a card, it's like, Okay, something just exploded. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, uh, well, uh, tariffs just went up, so and, we're all gonna. And in sci fantasy, you up. can you in non hard science fiction, where you what we call sci fantasy, you'll have to think about how much fantasy gets injected directly into the science fiction. How close, like Star Wars, can get really hard in its own little way. Scarcity can be a thing. Resource management can be a uh, thing. Rogue One, great yeah. example of a hard sci fi version of Star Wars. Yeah, very little. You could chalk up all the forcey things that happened in there, except for Darth Vader. Yeah. To not force. To yeah, just that's true. Confidence, luck. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. something. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even then, you know, it, it's it's that bad because an evil space wizard is in control. Yeah. Like it, it, 
And when, that, are... and when and when when the when when the fantasy rears its ugly head, it's real ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so that's something you need to consider when, you, or do you just have it to where magic equates because magic is a trope in fantasy, and it can be in science fiction. It's like how much does your technology actually just be magic? magic yeah. Uh. It's that idea of uh of everything can be taken care of, and they don't actually understand the technology, which is also another trope of science fiction. Ignorance, like you have gone so far into the future, you are ignorant of how the technology works. Like yeah. you have regressed the because com- everything's the been computer taken care takes of. care of all of that. Yeah, um, um, we just use the oh, Stargate. That's I don't right, know. Yeah. man versus machine. Man versus yeah, man versus but, machine. That's yeah. a good thing. Mm. Ooh, Terminator. Mm. The yeah, actually, that is its own science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that dystopian one where the robots do the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that... So I mean, I guess uh, what what we're trying to really say here at the heart of this is that uh, you know. If you, this is really about elevating your game, mm-hmm. it's about it's about taking your game to a level that just you know sticking with your your modern perspective on things and running you know with running in whatever scenario you're going on you're gonna have you know fun time it's gonna be fun time but if you really want to elevate it up to that polyhedron recommends level <laughs> of <laughs> level of intensity and catharsis um, taking some time to think about what's different about the you know the fantasy or the sci-fi or whatever world you're living in uh, from a you know social psychological and narrative perspective and really try and build your character around that so I because I'm developing uh, the vampire the v5 game mm-hmm. uh, for Augusta oh, we by night talked about world of darkness uh, we can lead into this because it, the two things we just talked about bridge together very well in the book they talk about convictions for the characters which are important and table tenants which table tenants they specifically are right now is basically going what kind of game in the world of darkness are you playing some of them are like some of the tenants are don't kill anyone no you will you will take a greater stain um if you don't if you uh if you if you kill people that were we're trying to discourage a certain behavior where is another thing you can do one of the tenants they have is like demand respect but always give respect it's like yeah. that's a tenant of the table it's a tenant of the world mm-hmm. the genre of the game you're playing some are like only kill uh, uh don't kill innocent people mm-hmm. it means you can kill in the game without too much problem if, if you're pretty sure they're a bad person yeah it's, or, you can eat them um, or you're defending yourself it's, or you're it's, defending, yeah. yeah it's fine-tuning the idea of what is your game about what are the things you're trying to hit at the game and that's something that V5 does very well, it, like explicitly in the book. A lot of a lot of books don't do that. Oh yeah, they just assume you understand the well, genre I, I that I it's think playing. That's, I think that's a big evolution of V5, uh, specifically from the old other World of Darkness games. Is that you know in the old World of Darkness game, humanity was this very laid out sort of ethos that was sort of common to everyone, and that always kind of rung untrue to me because. We as a species can't figure out what's moral, like yeah. you're, you're in universal yeah, yeah. terms. Uh, like we've got some serious disagreements about that, uh, and you know that that viewpoint of humanity, like you know, capital H humanity in the book, always seemed kind of simplistic. But what V five does is lets the table determine what kind of world are we, what what sort of morals and ethics are we going to be laying down in stone. I'm very interested interested to see where we land as a table. Oh, I agree. Uh, because there are some I of the people at the table, you know, there are some I there's some bleeding hearts. Mm-hmm. There's some cold there's some cold motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to be weirdly a bleeding heart this time, which oh, is yeah. for me is kind of unusual. Oh, which I applaud you by the way. That's stretching, yeah, no, that's, that's stretching good. your uh, creativity. I have no dots in any combat skills, Ooh. and my and my physicals are all at two. Man, yeah. you're just a dude. I'm yeah. just a very smart guy, which I know, I know, sounds a lot like what I just played in Shadowrun, <laughs> but it's different. I swear. <laughs> yeah, you got fangs this time. Uh, yeah, no. I have fangs. No, whereas, and my whereas, face is wrong. Whereas I'm playing a very strange guy. Uh, I'm I'm playing a guy who has beliefs that are not at all like my own. <laughs> and, 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 well, and they are kind of, but... They, they're rooted somewhere in they're, there, I they're promise. They're definitely rooted somewhere. In, uh, some... I've known you long enough. Mm-hmm. They're definitely rooted in there. Yeah, they are. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm playing a character who's created every conservative's worst nightmare, <laughs> uh, which I'll, you'll, we'll talk about that later. Become a patron. You'll hear all about it. But So what we're really talking about here as an overarching thing is it's good, I think, to have a Session Zero. A lot of people bitch about yeah. Session Zero. They're wrong. They're and they're kind of wrong. Yeah. Uh, what you you really need the GM and the players to have sort of that covenant. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? What like, are everyone on the same page? I know this sounds a little off topic, but it really isn't because we're talking about expect management and playing to a genre is all about. Here are my expectations. Well, I think any person listening to this podcast has been in a game. Where they were, if you're okay, if you're a person who listens to this podcast, I'm assuming you're a person who gets into it. If <laughs> I'm correct, me if I'm wrong, come at me on Twitter. I don't know. No, I just, I just like it for the fun rolling dice. I like it that hey, you guys and judge. actually, that's perfectly okay. No, it's too. fine, and that's fine, fine. But I'm assuming that our listeners are a little cut above that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm complimenting you. Yeah. If you want more compliments, go to p- <laughs> www.patreon.com/slash. God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Uh, you um, were saying, Ryan. I, I almost lost what I'm saying. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> you really did make me lose what I'm so, saying. So actually, a little bit of a counter, and this is a little bit of a sidebar, why Ryan collects himself, is the idea of the table tenants are very important. They are collective, but the SD has to have a strong reign over them. Oh, yeah. The reason why is I have to set the expectations of this is what I'm seeing about the oh, game. Yeah. Also... You with the new rules, you could kind of become a human monster. You really can. I remember. Um, you got to be careful about that. I remember what I was saying. It was just me be, being more of an example thing. It's like, yeah, we've all been into the game where we're really into it, and someone's doing it wrong. Like yeah. they're they're playing one hundred percent. Yeah, that was break- nothing like the fake game that I was running. Yeah, the fourth wall breaking, the just not caring about what is supposed to be happening or like, tr- or at the worst sabotaging yeah, yeah. It, active or... active sabotage on the planes uh, well, the, i mean there's also the... there's also the situation where you know you've got one person who's really playing the genre and another person's like why are you doing that you're making irrational decisions because you know we're in a noir world and you're deciding to get drunk when the mob boss is coming after right. us, right? And and unless your drunkenness is being spurred by like the loss of your lover and or how hard this case is, well, no, it was like you know you get the situation where it's like you know I've, I'm I'm getting really drunk because of my depression and and you know the, the weight of the world is and you got you know Johnny on gun, but we're about to be attacked. Yeah, why are you doing that? Like. Instead of, you know, he should probably be taking a shot with you. And the GM's going to be cool about it because you're playing He's not going. It's like you're probably not going to get any negatives for being drunk in the next gunfight if you were just being cool about it. Yeah. And and genre genre is also about, like, the idea of 
going with the flow. Let's let's also remember that that's part of it. If you play into it, you're probably gonna have more fun mm-hmm. because if you're playing this game, you're probably want to play in that genre. Therefore, you want to play with those tropes, and well, therefore, you well, want to have more thing. fun people with it. People like tropes. Like people enjoy yeah. tropes, right? Why why would you take part in a game a genre game? if you didn't want to buy into the tropes of the genre you're playing, unless, okay, listen, we're talking, uh, we're in our fucking ivory tower oh, now, yeah. talking about people who don't have a goddamn choice. Ivory, uh, Eiffel Tower. Ivory Eiffel Tower. tower. <laughs> ivory Tower. Um, but it's, you know, there are people who just don't have a choice, and, like, you have your table of people that you like to play with, it's the only table you got, mm-hmm. and this is what the GM who's willing to do the dirty work, because it's really the GM who, want, who gets to decide, they want to run this, but like, and and they don't want to be the guy to tell you not to show up because you're not into it because right. you know social consequences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as much as we, as some people have expounded the idea of if you're playing with bad people, why are you playing? Well, sometimes you don't have. That's a there's a limitation on that. Well, yeah, just you know, get your dad to stop drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, something's ready. Wow. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> uh, Punchy. Yeah, another another thing that I thought of is you know even if it feels kind of weird while you're doing it. Like if it if it doesn't quite feel right to like really buy into the trope, uh, think about it this way: your story is going to be cooler when you tell it. Like when you're done and you have a cool gaming story, yep, it's gonna sound cooler if like you are all super thematic and super into it and told a story that was really like like oh yeah, we all died in the end because you know people were were had all these negatives on their roles, but goddamn, that was a noir story. Like that, yeah. that's something that we uh, that's see. happened today actually in mm-hmm. in the vicious mockery situation. Mm-hmm. I won't go into a lot of detail, but my character was critical in you totally mur- screwing the party. He did. You, you fucked literally, us. You, you, fucked literally us. you literally killed us all. Yes. But I was playing super into genre because it was a horror game. I knew we everyone knew this ahead and of time. Boy, oh boy, does horror. You know, I will give something to Forgotten Realms slash Ravenloft. Boy, you, you, horror in the D20 system is real easy to do. Yeah. Because, boy, will those dice fuck you. They really, mm-hmm. really will. The D20, will. she is such a cruel mistress. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the D6 and the D4. They're all, all those dice are very cruel mistresses. Uh, except for my initiative, uh, I rolled really well and everyone else was rolling really poorly. I rolled super great at the front end. <laughs> and then when it mattered the most, utter garbage. Well, and... and well, that's why I played a sorcerer, because that shit doesn't matter most of the time. <laughs> You're welcome. Once mm-hmm. you discovered magic missile. Mm. But anyways, that's by playing into genre, everyone had a good time. Nobody oh, was yeah. that... The people did say, hey, why are you doing this? Because they didn't know the secret of my character. There is a secret. Spoiler. There's a secret. And everyone was like, they called me out on it and go, I'm not trying to be upset at you guys. I'm not, I'm not angry at you guys. Because some guy was like, one of the guys was like, are you angry? And I was like, no, I'm not angry. This is just what I'm well, playing I, I, genre. I will, I will say to his credit, he asked it in the most flat affect. Yeah. It's like, hey man, why are you doing this? Are you mad or something? Or something. Yeah. It was very, it was very like gentle, like just yeah. more like he didn't care, but he was curious. He <laughs> was curious of the reasons why, because he didn't know if it were in-game reasons or not. And that's part of it is when I explained it to him, everyone was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Ah, that is cool. And, and I, and I, I actually guessed what what I actually kind of guessed who, what the deal was, and then you confirm like, oh, you piece of shit! <laughs> oh, you should have seen the, what I was saying in our chat because <laughs> we had our you know we have our polyhedron chat, mm-hmm. and I'm typing in it while we're playing. Man, I said some. It wasn't nice. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> but, nice. But but it wasn't nice. Coming back to the what we're discussion is is that people were cool with mm-hmm. this, which normally in, in any other game, 
people would be super pissed at me, but yeah. because I was playing into if, genre. If we were, if I expected to play that game more than two sessions, you and I would have had to have a fucking talk. Yep. Yeah. Because it's like, motherfucker, we have had seventy episodes <laughs> talking about exactly the opposite of this. Yes. Uh, and, Don't and, do this. And I told everyone when I was done, I'm sorry if we were playing a longer term game that wasn't designed around this genre. I would not be playing this character. This oh, would yeah. not be a thing and, I would and, do. And to everyone's credit who who cacked it, mm-hmm. they all stayed around anyway and, yeah, and, and were our peanut and we, gallery. And we all cacked it. And we all eventually cacked it. Yeah, everyone it. did. And, uh, well, uh, I, don't think any, I don't think anyone's going to look at the, uh, the Vicious Mockery interim special two-episode extravaganza <laughs> and think that we all made it out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually supposed no, to be... It's going to no. end up being like six episodes, but yeah. yeah. That'd be Sorry. fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's what I'm saying. It's, all of this is because gaming, it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Genre yes. is important. Genre may say that no one makes it out alive. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of has to be cool with that if that's what the genre dictates. And in, in that case, it's it's about making your characters, you know, last hurrah, an exciting and that is, terrible, terrifying. and Ten Candles is literally an entire game based on that one thing you just said. It's like... Mm-hmm. You will be dead in five hours, in less than five hours of this playing mm-hmm. this game. You better make it fucking count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 that's what is going to be for an elevated experience with genre and trips. Um, but I know we're 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 doing okay on time. But let's talk about real quick the world of darkness and and sort oh, of like yeah. urban fantasy or uh yeah or modern settings as because it were. that's that's one where you kind of have to be playing by two different rules, especially when you have like. The real, the, 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 the world in the light and the world in the shadow. Yes. Uh, where you have, you know, our world that is very much our world and what functions the way our world works. You and go to you, work, you pay your bills, exactly. you drive your car. Uh, you know, and then you have the world underneath that works a different way and how those two interact and change. So that's, that's one where you do have to kind of keep your 2018 perspective pretty firmly in your mind. Right. right. I mean, I played a... Um... I played a mage game very briefly. It fell apart as many games do, but the game's first, you know, actual session, my my intro was it took place on election day, twenty sixteen. Oh no! And I was playing a you know a half Hispanic person mm-hmm. in a rougher in a neighborhood, and the first thing that happened to me was being hassled by a bunch. Of lunatics because of my the color of my skin, which yes, I know it was weird that I was playing a character that was not you know the color of my skin or you whatever. Can do it, it's fine. Just be respectful. I was being super respectful because you know I didn't use an accent or anything because that would have been weird. That being said, I'm really glad that a werewolf game isn't recorded. No I reason. See. <laughs> I see. It is the Wild West. I'm it, just putting that caveat out yeah, there and play right to now. genre and play to genre. Is, is there some? Is there some Chinese shit in there? Is there some some uh, actually, we yeah. just got introduced. Super racist uh, Chinese. But stuff. actually, it's it's interesting because the way we were introduced to the Stargazer was very cool because he didn't tell say, "Oh, I'm a Stargazer." He like has he has a whole elaborate explanation a, of who he, he is and where song? he's from. Okay, because yeah, we yeah. don't know the idea of being going all the way across the Pacific to China. We don't don't comprehend that. But yeah, no. So so back to the the, the modern modern fantasy. Uh, is yeah, there's you got to keep your 2018 perspective in mind. Yeah. Uh, but then you know you have your underworld where things work differently, or uh, and life... how one influences the other. And, and what and really and when you're talking about like playing to it, like mm-hmm. actually playing to it, 
having a very very solid grasp of what that underworld is fueled by like Mm -hmm. what like well is this the is this harry dresden nightwise Mm -hmm. sandman slim where literally every single type of supernatural being and magic that has ever been recorded anywhere is actually just true and people keep that shit to themselves mm-hmm. or is, is it, it one thing or is it you know goetic demon magic mm-hmm. and that's what rules the roost yeah. um and even and in those types of games playing to genre it's the idea of mystery it's mm-hmm. about not knowing what's going on and a little bit of horror element in there or or so, knowing what go, just enough what's going on to get yourself into so much trouble um so, i like the idea of like Take vampire for okay. Uh, so the um, if you really want to want to get a good example of this, L.A. by Night, which we talked about yep. earlier, uh, has a great setup because one of the characters, Annabelle, uh, is a noob. She Super just noob. got embraced like a week ago, and her player is a total noob to the world of darkness. She doesn't know she, the player doesn't know what's going on, and something they revealed in a recent interview that they did is that the other players have a separate email log uh, called Don't Tell Erica. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's, uh, it is it is basically them talking about the aspects of their character uh, and, like, the setting and the story that all of them know, but she doesn't know anything about. So that they are, they are, they are, keeping, her, they are keeping her sequestered from a lot of this stuff until she finds out about it in play. Which is great. Because A, that plays the genre, mm-hmm. the idea of mystery, not knowing. Um, because we've talked about this in the past of like bringing too much meta knowledge to the game. Because mm-hmm. I can see Victor doing that a oh, little yeah. bit. He's like, oh, he's like, he's giving a wink to Jason occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the idea of because the audience doesn't know, Annabelle is her their POV, yeah, and she's, she's learning sure, yeah. as they're learning, and so that creates that idea of unveiling the mysteries on the mysteries behind the mysteries because in world of darkness what i was going to say a moment ago was you have vampires vampires know werewolves exist but they Mm -hmm. have no knowledge of how that society works behind it they just know don't ever deal with them yeah don't fuck with them you're not gonna get close enough to know so don't worry about it even Mm -hmm. the werewolves are like we know about vampires we don't know know how they work and never trust a mage what the hell is a mage and even vampires like what's a mage What's what's awakened will worker like and the, and the Tremere are like you don't need to know yeah don't, exactly don't, and then, don't worry about it and then don't everyone's worry. like what's a f- what's a changeling wait, <laughs> and everyone wait fucking fairies are real too what is happening <laughs> welcome to True Blood everyone yeah. ghosts 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 are even even more <laughs> weird and mum- mummies it got what? a little weird at hey, the end yeah, yeah, yeah. mummies mummies demons weird. demons demons yeah always that made sense yeah. yeah but it was mummies mummies was really the Promethean was also weird. Frankenstein? Yeah. Well, that was that's all Nuad. That's yeah, all Car- Onyx Chronicles, of, Chronicles of Darkness has gotten even weirder. Man, uh, yeah. Like, there's some stuff that like I can't even imagine playing. Was it monster? Was it monster? Yeah, beast. It's, beast. it's beast where you play it. Basically, you have the soul of a mythical, terrible creature in you. Like your Gre- It's like playing Grendel. Yeah. Like, and it's like from what our, our friend Jen, who's looked at the book, said, it's kind of a, almost unplayable. It is. I've talked to some other people. They've addressed supposedly in the next iteration. They've addressed a lot of those issues. They've tweaked things to make it less problematic and much more uh, accessible um in, in, in patron content 
Expound on that. Okay. Sure. We will. <laughs> we'll do. I, I'm, I will caveat that right now. It's been a while since I've read a lot of it. So this is going to get a little skewed and a little off. So I apologize. But anyways, Who back to cares? genre. It'll be entertaining. So thing about modernism is you have to think, oh, it's modern day. You're driving a car. You're doing all the cool stuff. You got a cell phone. You got a cell phone. But what does that imply? What are the mysteries behind it? Because just like in the real world, there are conspiracies. Now, most of them aren't real. Uh, but most of, most of the time a conspiracy is just people richer than you t- not telling you about the meeting they had that was completely normal and on the books and completely illegal <laughs> or completely legal that's the oh, yeah, that's, that's the that's, that's, that's the best conspiracy or it was how do we make this thing we want to do legal that yeah that's a, and and oh conspiracy that's another part of mo- a lot of modern uh games is Espionage, intrigue, the uh, politics, the modern detective story, right? Which is, you know, its own the very, cop drama. Yeah, it's its own very special form. I don't know many people who are like been like, I want to play a policeman in 2018. I've never. Yeah, I don't know if that's a you role can do it in Trinity Continuum. Yeah, yeah, actually, that'd be it. super rad to do. Well, actually. because. Oh man, if you're the poor sons of bitches who have to deal with talents fucking around, yeah. or if you're one of them, like you're a talent and... who just happens to be a cop, and it's life. Man, 2018, probably one of the coolest campaigns you could play is you're the good cops. Yep, you're the good cops. Like you're or, the good cops, and your enemies, your enemies aren't uh, aren't gangers or whatnot. It's like no, we're actually going to change this. Yeah, good. Man, like, that would be an uplifting campaign. Yeah. Also, or or you or you, a couple of you are cops, a couple of you are related because you got to remember, there's a lot of jobs that the police have that aren't like gun carrying cop police officers. Um, they have a lot of like investigators, scientists, that kind of stuff. But they also have, can be like do like the wire where they're like, yeah, we. You're on the other side of the law, but this situation over here, we need to work together to deal with that because this affects you just as much as it affects me. You're a talent who's working on 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 the back end of things, and I'm a cop. Let's work together, make that problem go away. Um, and that could be super red because that's intrigue, that's politics, mm-hmm. that's cooperation. Yeah, and that's all as we're spit chopping like ninety different games right now. Yeah, exactly. But what else do we want to say about playing to genre and using tropes to help you do that to elevate your game? I don't know. Just play if if you're a higher minded person who wants to do the higher minded version of role play. Just like one of the most things you can do for your for yourself and for your table is read the book. Get yeah. the book. Read the book. Get the book. Read the book. Figure N- it out. Know enough about this. Know enough about the world to where you're you know engaged and maybe make yourself a little special in that world. Because yeah. it's okay. You're a PC. It's okay for you to be a little special, to have something to do with the main meta narrative, if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just know the genre that you're playing in, if you, if at all possible. Read a damn book. I don't know. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's you know, the, the counterpoint to all this is that, you know, you can, you can step over the line from, you know, embracing the trope and going into a cliche. Yeah, uh, which, that's another thing which we should talk about. I would say, in my opinion, I would rather... I would rather get a little cliche than be unthematic and uninteresting. I will say going cliche is funny. It can like, be it's funny. It usually yeah. makes the table. That's when the table yucks happen, when people start getting very serious and about the cliche. So, so a little story. Uh, my character in uh, Garden of Destinies, Year Zero, was a very much a noir private eye mm-hmm. investigator who was uh, you know, six months away from retirement <laughs> uh, and was too old for this shit. And there's uh, always a dame. And there's always a dame. Uh, no, actually, there wasn't a dame. He was—he was actually—he was—he was an old cop, 
who who had had gotten too many dames killed. Oh, um, so he can never have so love. So he can never have love. Uh, it was you know so he fired his secretary who was getting in too deep uh, because you know that he he cared for her too much. Um, and but and at the last game when everyone's you know having their big climactic whatnot and his, he had basically set himself up to go take out some bad bad people at the expense of his life. I would I would rattle off the I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm just a couple months away from retirement. I'm you know I got I got that little condo down in Cheddar Bay. Um, like I I just I I zinged those out pretty regularly, and everyone around was all like, "Oh no!" And and that's perfectly fine to do sparingly. Yeah. Because the point is you're you're pointing out you're you're breaking the fourth wall and going, mm-hmm. "Hey guys." We're playing in genre and tropes, and this is just a role-playing game. Isn't this funny mm-hmm. and cute? I did a funny thing. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's 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 cool. It's commonly it's, it's a great tension cutter because mm-hmm. when you play in genre, if you're playing seriously, it can be a lot of work and be very emotionally heavy, and you want to cut it sometimes to to lighten spirits and realize, oh, we're just playing a game. Guys. Some of the funniest shit happens when you're in a hold. Oh yeah, <laughs> some people get real funny when we're in holds. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that that is very interesting uh, is you know a lot of D and D books aren't written with a lot of humor. No, uh, because and they this like I've heard D and D writers specifically talk about this. They don't do that because they know that PCs will p- player groups will add the humor. Don't worry, the we funny know what will to do. happen. Funny happens because we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So, Isn't this ridiculous? No, yes. For example, like we uh, like. Uh, we just started up doing the dra- Waterdeep Dragon Heist, yep. and we were having a good old time. Yeah, we were. We, no one broke genre, really. Like, we were still being, like, heroic adventures, but we were just being real silly within the context of what was happening. Because we knew we were just playing a game, and the we were playing the very introduction, which is very um, perfunctory. Like, so, oh, here's the, tr- here's the thing we have to fight, so, because we have to get the PCs together in order to get the story going. I mean, it was really good, because my character... You uh, all meet in the yawning portal. We uh, did. No, literally, like... Absolutely did, yes. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a giant hole in the ground in the middle of this tavern. Someone, something's coming out of it, or someone's going in it. it. <laughs> I played a very, I was a, like a, play a monk, you know, who's supposed yeah. to be a herb, a hermit monk. Yeah, I love martial arts. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, and I got hit by an intellect devourer. And you people will never hear it because we're not actually recording this so we can actually be ourselves. Yep. Uh, and I got my intelligence knocked down to three. <laughs> I had oh, three boy. intelligence. So I got, I had to be like, that was actually a very interesting challenge because I had to be like, what would this guy do if literally stripped down to base reptile brain? And the one thing was be concerned with loot. Loot, loot, <laughs> just very punchins. He, he, yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, di- yeah, he, uh, one, one words, one word. One, it was like, always one word: punch or loot. Like, it's the, <laughs> and and they're like the loot's upstairs, Crane. The loot's upstairs. Like, like loot, and, and that's <laughs> where how we got him to wrangle like, him around, like, lay down. <laughs> um, and like I was in uh, one of the things during that game that happened between me and Linda was we were talking, and I said. As long as his money spins, and I said that character's like I'm playing a shasty guy who's all about getting paid. So it's like that was very in genre. Like I'm being heroic, quote unquote. But we're playing in Waterdeep, and we're all shasty people doing shasty things. Of course, I'm going to be concerned about money. We've all and been like to, we've all been paid. to prison. Yeah, is I mean, part of the conceit of the game. Nice. We've, we've all been to prison together. Want, yeah. I'm not going back to prison. I'm not going back to wizard prison. Uh that's uh, actually Murphy's. That's actually <laughs> Murphy's thing. Like, Murphy was I, in for ten years for a diamond heist when. Oh no. For, for, uh, yeah. for whatever reason, and I was one of her pen pals, and that's how she knew to come find me oh. afterwards. But it's the idea of, oh, we've all been it 
in the shit together. So we understand the idea of let's try to not get caught. At Being least in prison we... is how we became level one characters. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. We, we went from normal assholes to level one characters because we were in oh, prison. Oh, you found your ma- – oh, uh, sorry. This is workshopping, but you found your master in prison. Probably that's, what... that's who the person who taught me martial arts was mm. in prison because they knew I was going to get my ass kicked any other way. Yep. Because the hermitage part, that was just how I started out, and then I somehow broke the law and was thrown in prison for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, uh, Linda's character was busking in the non-busking zone. Oh, <laughs> She's no. She's a bard. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that's examples of us playing into the genre of what we're in. But we're having fun with it um, because you can get too serious with it. And sometimes you do need to break it, a break out and be a little cliche because it adds a little fun spice. If you want an example of it, it's just, you know, that the D&D episode of the IT crowd. Yeah. Stay your hand, Lucian. <laughs> that's ready, mysterious. That's ready, mysterious. Well, that's Actually, mysterious. I'm not kidding. You're absolutely correct. Look that episode up. Um, it's uh, a good example. It's very real. Everybody uh, bought I in. will see about linking in the show it, notes. It's actually, yeah, it's a really great example of some bros buying into Dungeons & Dragons, which is actually a real thing that I've seen happen in real life, which is why when I first saw that episode, I'm like, it's too real. It's <laughs> because, too real. Because one thing, you think these guys are one way, but then they get really into it, and then they start playing directly into the genre of mm-hmm. the game, of talking in character and really trying to ham up the sort of the, the European fantasy of it all. You have my sword and my axe. And my bunny bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think I think that's about enough for genre and playing to genre. Yeah, yeah I feel like we, I'm sure we've missed something. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. If you've got any more questions, feel free to email us at. Mr. Tyson, if you could inform us of what we screwed up this time around, <laughs> you have uh, a direct line to us. Yes. Um, yeah, you can email us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. I generally have, we have an outro, but yeah. I wanted to say, because please send us emails, send us tweets contact us we're let us know what of, you want us to talk about we're running out of episode ideas so, uh, <laughs> for serious we need to outsource like, this shit yeah we're really we're we, i think i may have figured out what the level what the 20 dollar patreon <laughs> is you start getting to pick episodes for us <laughs> no seriously uh, yeah seriously um no we're always eager to communicate so please i know people are downloading please communicate with us send us an email figure out what types of things you'd like us to talk about so from everyone here at polyhedron go where you find us go roll some dice Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. You want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.